Hope Carpool Q&A. Today we're talking about eldership, shepherding the flock, killing wolves, ministering to youth and young adults. We're here with Pastor Keith, Elder Keith. Keith, how you going? Good. That's I, good. Um, Just I, preached your first sermon. I did. First, first sermon on Colossians 2. Gold Coast, Colossians 2, 1 to 7. And I uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah. We got rid of Tom. We've also got some passengers in the car. Can you guys see uh, we got... We had got some drag-alongs, they needed a lift back up to Logan and uh, ended up back in the back seat, so they'll, they'll be chilling back there for, for your entertainment. Today, I've, we've got a few questions around Keith. If you guys don't know Keith, do you just want to introduce yourself, Keith, and your, your role at Hope Reformed Baptist Church? And um, Yeah, um, Yeah. so I, I'm a lay elder, quote-unquote technically, um, and we'll sort of go through what that means on a, on a practical level. Um, was voted in uh, December of 2021. By the grace of God, and I haven't been sacked yet, so uh, still yeah, on the job. Still on the job. Yep. Nice. So, in talking about eldership, how do you view your role as an elder, mm. shepherding the flock, as opposed to mm. Tom's role, which is also an elder, but he's a, a teaching elder? How do you distinguish your role in the body? Yeah, good, good question. I, th I think for me, <clears throat> it, it's been a, it's it's been a unveiling, if if that's the right word, over the course of the year um, and maybe that's just a bit of maturity but certainly my, my role is is one which focuses on a couple of things well, most importantly is our mission uh, as, a, as a local church and supporting that mission uh, in both uh, prayer and, and practical means um, and then uh, youth and young, and young adults particularly because it's 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 the future of the local church so there's a real burden for me to equip uh, young leaders, both men and women, and thinking and framing life biblically uh, as they grow up and mature. Very good. As an, an elder, um, and, and, and hope we have a plurality of eldership, which we've been talking a lot about on the Q&A, how do you see your relationship with, with Tom and, and Vic, the other two elders? And I guess the question is, how, how do you guys as an eldership yeah practically think about moving the vision forward having unity within yourselves yeah. how do you deal with disagreements among yeah. eldership yeah. Um, it's like anything like when I first I guess was was introduced um, interpersonally you're building new relationships um, for a long time it was just Vic, Vic uh, and Tom and so I guess me coming in was just getting a, a bit of a feel for who they were as, as people and what makes them tick um, and then, uh, in terms of mission, uh, we, we like to say we want to make uh, sober and quick decisions. Um, we, we probably try to move as, as much of the bureaucracy and red tape aside so that we can shift the dial uh, and what that looks like for us as a church that, that's missional. Um, other than that, I, I think it's, it's important to, <clears throat> one thing we've, we've sort of honed in on and tried to focus of, of recent times is uh, involving our wives so once a quarter we, we get together as elders for dinner that we include our wives uh, and obviously Tom with his, his three little little kids so that's been a real rich time to to just uh, unpack uh, some of the challenges of leadership and eldership within a local church and then just bounce off of uh, what how they view uh, some of the, the things that we're talking about um, so yeah, that's that's a, that's been a huge benefit of, of recent time. Yeah, because the three elders I hope are wildly different. Yep. Um, 
could you talk, talk us through maybe your what you consider your strengths and abilities as an elder to the body as opposed to yeah. other two elders and in God's providence we, we have the three of you yeah so yeah to your point I, I think uh, if, if you were to, to talk to us three in sequence uh, you would get um, three vastly different personalities mm. communicating the same truth but just delivered in such a different way which is the beauty of that word you use plur plurality um, Tom is, is our, our thoroughbred. Um, we make no bones about that special call that he has on his life and preaching. What is he? He's your... He's our thoroughbred. Um, so he uh, he's the one that um, is built for preaching, right? Mm. Uh, every fiber, every bone, uh, his whole skeletal makeup is for God's Word. Mm. Uh, and we see that, we receive, we receive it every Sunday. <clears throat> and then Vic is... Uh, Vic's our, our hound dog. Uh, he can Vic's the hound dog. Yeah, he's the hound dog. So uh, I'm using different animals here, but I, I hope <laughs> I'm trying. I'm making a good point. Um, yep. So he he's 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 sober and he's steadfast and he loves truth and he can sniff out sort of any uh, divergence uh, theologically, mm. um, which is really helpful. Sniff out a wolf. Yeah, he can definitely sniff out uh, a wolf. And then me, in terms of illustratively as an animal, uh, I don't know, maybe an owl? Yeah, maybe an owl. I'll use an owl. Uh, and that's just all to say, I say very little. If you see me, it's it's almost like, is he mute or what's, yeah. what's happening with him? He gets up on the stage and like, you gave this guy a mic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so I, I do the announcements, which uh, is a challenge for me. Yeah. And my own sanctification yeah. every week. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's, a bit, that's a bit of a summary. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome. Uh, it's amazing how God puts together elders and, and He arranges the body in ways where all can be benefited. Mm. I want to ask a few questions sort of surrounding the text of Acts chapter 20, mm. which is a prominent text in considering eldership. Paul brings the Ephesian elders up to him and, and he exhorts them to um, pay attention to yourselves. Mm pay attention to the flock mm. and he exhorts them particularly around wolves mm. that will come in or, or maybe more soberly wolves that are among you mm. wolves will ri rise up among you mm. as an elder shepherding the flock taking care of the flock mm. how does that look like and what does it look like protecting the flock from wolves <coughs> how do you sniff out a wolf yeah. <clears throat> how do you get rid of a wolf how do you kill wolves <laughs> um, well it, it helps to have a 22 but if you don't have a 22 um, the other way to look at it is this is that first point you made, right? So pay close attention, self-examination. Um, there's really no point in us uh, observing or being discerning and looking for uh, heresy or error if we don't uh, look at ourselves. Um, uh, our Savior often reminds us in the Gospels that um, play, pay close attention lest you fall, right? So there's this idea that we, we, we need to be actively uh, searching our own hearts um, in terms of building good habit and what that looks like. And then functionally, yeah, um, protection is, is a key characteristic of being a shepherd or an elder. Um, with that mindset that comes naturally in the territory of finding wolves, right? Um, because you care deeply about people's souls and the lives of that which you're responsible for. One day we will give an account of everything that, that we do on, in, 
this life. So <clears throat> I think in terms of sequence, that's how it looks for me practically. And then <clears throat> probably one more important point is uh, communication has to be really high um, throughout uh, our, 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 our eldership. Yeah. And so we, uh, we will, it's, it's really healthy for us to communicate um, during the week, whether that's a phone call, messenger, um, or an email. Without, without that, it's, it's sort of flying in the dark a bit. So um, I would say those are some, some really basic ways in which we uh, stay faithful to, to excellence. Talk to us more about wolves. So there's yep. probably in any church, there's, there's at least one wolf, probably. Yep. Um, once you've identified a wolf or you think you're sniffing out a wolf, so yep. maybe someone's a bit heretical or that character's off, they're causing division. Yep. What's the process by which you would go about either correcting that wolf and preaching the gospel to them and a sheep or, or yep. getting rid of them like what does that look like yeah in terms of um even just thinking about galatians 6 and and, and, and restoring one um i think practically we, we want to always it's just as a sober piece of advice you want to act in good faith right um that's really important in terms of the context of leadership mm. unless it's blatantly heretical and there's no really need to sit around and observe one thing we we do <clears throat> As, as an eldership or leadership as we think through if there's some concern or flags that we've observed early on <clears throat> we, we don't recoil and sort of come away or uh, we actually try to give them uh, more opportunity to give us evidence to suggest otherwise right if it's not really clear yeah okay um, so that's <clears throat> again a, a good way to to make sure that uh, our observations are true and, and usually um, I'll, I'll sort of segue into another point whereby um, your, your flock and, and those who know the truth and love the truth will be sort of, as, as I like to say, they'll be Joshua spies amongst uh, the covenant uh, people. So you'll get, you don't have to be there per se. Um, if, if anyone, myself included, has any concerns, I'll, I'll tend to ask questions to the flock uh, about uh, a, a wolf who might be sort of having some some flags already raised about them and then that gives us sort of a, a good imagery of what we're dealing with yeah. uh, when it comes to um, how we progress and how we sort of evaluate um, what's, yeah. what's in front of us so it's a practical means of taking care of the flock via protecting against wolves would be if you're sniffing at a wolf give them a bit more responsibility yep. to see how they respond yep. Yep. gauge how they interact with the rest of the body and what the yep. rest of the body thinks of them yep. Yeah, very helpful. Yep. In, in your job as an elder in general, yep. just tell us what, what does your week look like? Because uh, you, you know you're not being paid by the church, yeah, yeah. you know, teaching elder. Yep. Um, you have a job, you have a, a wife, yep. you have other responsibilities. How do you manage all, all of that together and being an elder? Yeah, no, good question. It, it's one of those things where, upon taking, um, upon receiving the call, both internally and sort of externally. Mm. Um, one thing I made very clear distinctions on was I need to build my life around the local church. Um, so I'm, I'm, I guess for me, vocationally, I'm, again, I mentioned earlier, uh, I, I'm, <coughs> I don't get paid by the church. Um, I, I have, I'm in business, so throughout the week, Monday to Saturday, uh, I do a few different things uh, in the marketplace as a businessman. Um, but then what that looks like, I guess Monday uh, to, to Saturday. On a, on a Sunday, I might 
catch up with the Saints. And if, if I identify a need uh, that, that needs or that's critical for response or just to touch base to see where, where they are, um, I'll ensure that the week is, is there uh, and we, we put aside time to catch up with the Saints. No, so I don't work uh, from my business and then help out the local church. I start with the local church and then I build my business around the responsibilities of yeah. the office. Yeah, very good. Um, another kind of aspect of shepherding the flock of God is developing people's gifts. Yeah. Nice. When you've identified someone in the local church as having a particular gift or maybe um, yeah, serving in a certain way, yeah. how do you as an elder cultivate that and how do you think through yep. really strengthening the church yep. oh, great question and something that I'm equally passionate about is, is that so talent ID in, in, I guess in, in sporting language is it's quite easy so you can spot talents or gifts quite easily um, the challenge is to always develop that so that it's habitual yep. and it becomes a lifelong pursuit and discipline to use that ability and that gift talent ID uh, part of the challenge now, uh, thinking through um, what we're now referring to is a pathway of development. Um, biblically, it's quite clear in terms of, let's just use men as an example. <clears throat> yep. Men, uh, or this idea of biblical manhood comes with uh, burden, responsibility. Uh, all of us in this car should have a desire to have wide shoulders and carry burden on a load. Uh, and what that means at the gate is, do you know the theology around uh, what it means to serve in the local church and so again out the gate we'll give responsibility to young men uh, and women obviously to just serve and what that uh, does um, is it, it connects the theology and, and the world of reformed theology with the practicality of living that out in, in so much as it becomes doxology um, so then you do that and then whilst you're seeing them grow and develop and mature and what they're doing in terms of service. <clears throat> the next stage in that thinking, or whilst they're doing that, is thinking about opportunities. So for, as a man, uh, or a young man rather, um, we, we wanna uh, build and develop this this truth or this reality of the three offices, right, that men should be concerned about, which is prophet, priest, and king. Uh, and so for, for every young man that's in our fold, it's participating and giving them opportunity to express that. Uh, whether it's, hey, read this book, read this systematic theology, Christian ethics. Uh, and then wrestling with that text means, okay, what are you doing in your life that points to that reality? Now, how are you immersing yourself in this, this notion and this reality that one day you'll, you'll have to be responsible and you must teach your own family, your own wife. Mm. And so that's sort of how we roll into to that part. And then we think about... Uh, other areas of development, which include but not exclusive to missions. Um, and so, as, as you can attest to, you've just come back from... Just come back from South Asia. From South South Asia. And, and that's certainly, um, as you reflect on those two weeks, um, it's, it's, it's been one, a joy, but it, it'll probably give you a lot of runway in terms of your own thinking, development and maturity in Christ. So we want to provide and afford those opportunities depending on uh, where young people are. And that's to say, for me particularly, um, I'm not going to always provide a solution that's comfortable to you as a young adult. Uh, I'm a big proponent, proponent of making people feel 
really uncomfortable in areas which uh, they must grow spiritually. Yeah. Um, not just to say that we don't support and, and help them out, but um, I think, uh, again, it's really important that one grows through experience and through knowledge. Yeah. So that I think in terms of even a pathway of thinking about development of talents and abilities, it's knowing it theologically, being able to do it uh, in so much as it's faithful to the text. And then the third part to that is teaching what you know and do and love in Christ. So again, it's, it's thinking uh, about the future. And then the other part, again, I'm, there's a lot of variables here, but I'm just chucking out stuff. <clears throat> how, does, uh, how does those talents and those abilities, abilities fit into ecclesiology? How does it fit into the life of the local church? Because we, we can't work in segmented parts. It's the body of Christ. And so everyone plays a, a really important part in building up uh, the body of Christ. Yeah. Amen. What, what are some things you look for yep. in aspiring leaders or, or possible elder candidates? <clears throat> yep. How do you weigh and judge that? And... Yep. Um, aspirational. Uh, if, you, if you've come to a few men's masters that Tom runs uh, over the last, in the course of the last couple of years, um, we, we desire for men to aspire to be elders. Now, not everyone is going to be called to that office. But the function of an elder, one can carry out in their life and in their family as, as homes. <clears throat> uh, in terms of what to look for, um, <clears throat> again, uh, probably I'll use the term emerging leaders. Um, this is something in which uh, is, is one important to think about. But for me, what, what clearly I, I look for is two things. Not just the action. In Christian ethics, it talks about action and posture. And God's eyes is equally as important. Um, when, I th when I think about action, it's not just I'm doing this, I'm doing this, uh, look at me, I'm virtuous. It's also understanding that underneath what sits underneath that action, when thinking about leadership, is a posture of humility. Zechariah also uh, exhorts us to not despise the day of little things. And what that means is that uh, you take people from where they are. You, you don't want them to be Tom, you don't want them to be Vic, you don't want them to be uh, me. Uh, you don't want anyone to be me. Um, you want them to be... That'd, that'd be horrible. <laughs> exactly. You want them to be the individual that God has made them, in the image of uh, how God has created them. So, uh, wherever they are, right, whatever theology uh, that they know or they don't know, um, it's about taking that and playing the long game. I always say this, uh, not everyone uh, comes out the womb and is uh, a Tom Ford. He, he is certainly special in our eyes and we're very grateful for him. And we love him a bit, same as Vic, but... Every young man should aspire for that office as it functions in both the local church, the home, and the marketplace, if you call there. Um, yeah, so some, some stuff there. That's good. I can't think of anything more concerning than coming out of the womb as Tom Ford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was, and uh, raise some alarm bells for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. No, good. No, that's, that's helpful. Um, okay, so one might even say, Keith, that you're the, you're the youth and young adult mm. pastor. Yeah. Hope Reform Baptist Church. Yeah, well, yeah. You, you, you have a particular burden for the youth and young adults. Yes. Just talk to us. Why why youth and young adults? What what led you to yeah. really give that your time? Um, there's two things. I think, first of all, I've, I've been really fortunate as a, as a young man to grow up under strong leadership. Uh, I had a father who cared deeply about the glory of God. I had a grandmother who uh, was profusely... Uh, intentional about the life of prayer and to pray intently as a believer uh, and then I had uh, men around me who uh, discipled and mentored me 
both in the business sense and in the local church. Uh, and so, uh, for me, uh, that, that means thinking about the future. Um, and uh, in, in many ways, thinking covenantally, right, about what does covenantal programming look like for young adults and youth as they are the pillars of their the future, uh, pillars of the local church. Um, What's covenantal programming? Yeah, so good question. It, it's under the, the guise of covenantal theology. So that uh, us as elders, when we think about covenantal programming, mm-hmm. we think about how does this fit into God's redemptive plan? Uh, how do we, uh, with what we're doing, what we're spending our energy and time on, how does this continue to reinforce uh, the gospel and the local church? Mm-hmm. So practically, uh, for youth and young adults, uh, we're unapologetic about we don't play games, we don't have bouncy castles, uh, we, don't watch, <laughs> we, don't, we don't watch movies, uh, we discuss things of God. Mm. Uh, whether you're 10 or 12 like uh, Ryan and Nehemiah, uh, or uh, you're a young adult in the throes of doing your university studies. Um, it compels us, it calls us to be faithful, to make sure our, our young people uh, are thinking biblically about the world around them. I don't have to spend much time on the need for this. Uh, yeah. I think my wife and I, Emma, we, we spend and we labor over this ministry. So uh, I must give a shout out to, to Emma, who is my great helper. So she helps me, allows me to think about, prepare for, or immerse myself in the life of our, of our young adults. So that, um, again, uh, I'm, I'm going to be given account or I'm going to be held accountable for this. Um, much like what we heard uh, today in, in, uh, in, in the sermon, um, yep. Paul and his desire to present a local church, the body, mature in Christ, much the same. I have a burden. Uh, yeah, so th- there's a real a sense of a burden to present our young adults and youth. Uh, and the theme that we have comes from Paul's letter to Timothy. Uh, Don't let anyone despise, paraphrasing, uh, you because of your youth. But in speech and conduct, be an example of godliness, faith, love, and purity. That should run through the veins of everyone who thinks about their young adults and their youth in the local church. It is not good enough to say, hey, Seth, hey, Chris, hey, Sam, did you make your bed today? Well done. Like, great Come stuff. On. Yeah. Reach it. Amen. Um, it is very clear to, to Paul's exaltation and the reality of you're, you're, uh, you're never too young to understand God's truth, uh, do God's truth, and one day teach God's truth. What are the practical ways in which you think about implementing that into young adults? Like what, what Bible studies are you doing? What topics are you covering? What, yep. uh, practically, what is that? Yeah, when, when we first started uh, at Hope about three years ago, um, Tom asked me, you know, would you run a fellowship? I said, yeah, why not? And then the consequent question was, what are you going to do? Um, just like anything, you need to set down foundations. And foundations are really important to a leader, to an emerging leader, right? Whenever you're thinking through opportunities, you've got to think about what are the foundations that need to be laid, much like all of the Pauline letters, etc., etc. So the first study that we did was life in the Father's house. Um, and that was just going through the function of ecclesiology and soteriology. What does the local church look like? What are the roles that are defined with men and women, et cetera, et cetera. Once that's set in, uh, the consequent studies, we looked at Thomas Watson, a Puritan, and the reason why it's good to look at 
uh, dead men is that, uh, as Paul exhorts us, that there's no uh, sin that's uncommon to man. And so if, if men like Watson have gone through, we studied the doctrine of repentance, which is a really critical part in the Christian experience, um, then we must know what repentance means in a practical way. Yeah. And then we rolled into, right now we're, I've skipped the study, but right now we're in, um, we're in the LBC. Yeah, LBC 1689. <clears throat> Again, that's a bit of a sprint this term to get to, to the finish line, but that's that's all to say. We just want to plant the seed of giving people uh, safety. How do you yeah. think sequentially, how do you think in a way that keeps you safe? Now, you might not agree with any dot, every dot and tittle of the LBC, but broadly speaking, as confessional people in Hope Reform Baptist Church, we, we want to think systematically about the things of God. We're not trying to create anything new, and you'll hear this from, from Vic and Tom and uh, Pastor Craig who founded uh, our local church. We, we're not in the business of being brand new and flashy and whatever. Uh, we just want to be faithful to men who have walked and bled and died for the faith that we hold true to. Um, so that's, uh, and what that does for me is, <clears throat> particularly because uh, a lot of the young adults are both at our study and on a Friday. Um, yep. So it, those things you just listed, that was your Life in the Father's yep. House, Watson, yep. um, London Baptist Confession, that's your fellowship group where yep. you know, anyone is welcome to come from the, yep. from the church. And then in, in the young and old Bible study, separate yep. Bible study. Yep. So yeah, we, we go through again, um, I guess again, in terms of foundations, what's really important for a young adult? What are they thinking through? What does the culture uh, tell them to do? And why does the Bible disagree? Uh, so we went through uh, a couple of series, but right now we're in Christian Ethics uh, by Wayne Grudem, which is a really helpful book if, you, if you've got the resource and time. And that really, the, the whole point of thinking about Christian Ethics is to give a right response biblically to questions like euthanasia, questions like capital punishment, questions like uh, marriage, right? Um, I think many people will watch a YouTube video or they might read a book, but uh, spending arguably, I think 50 weeks is what we're going to spend, uh, yeah, immerse ourselves in. This will run into sort of mid next year or sort of first quarter of next year. But to me, it's, it's worth the pursuit, it's worth the labor, because again, it's foundational to a young man and a young woman's mind and having think about the world biblically based on the culture. Yep. And I know that in youth you're going through the Gospel of John, verse yep. by verse. So verse by verse, uh, espousing that. So again, uh, why we, I chose John was the, the fundamental and the most important question that uh, a person, let alone a, a child, will need to answer is who is Jesus, right? Who is Jesus? Who does he say he is? And uh, very quickly we come to this realization that uh, we don't have the option to sit on the fence. Either he says who he says he is, or he's a lunatic. There's no like middle ground. And so uh, the desire to study the, the personhood of Christ is timeless. Uh, this is not just for youth. It's not just for young adults, for elders. This is for the human race, right? Who is Jesus? And so that's sort of the thinking behind, uh, yeah, both by age. So, so Keith, you've yep. just preached your first sermon. Yep. Um, you're, you're, you're an elder in local church, and yep. you're, you're very useful in Bible studies and yep. counselling and all these other things. Yep. Is in developing it, your, your preaching gift is that something you you're aspiring to to step into more as, as an elder? Yep. Is that something that um, yeah, talk us through pre preaching as an elder? 
that's a great question. Obviously, one of the qualifiers of, of being an elder is, is being able to teach, right? Um, in terms of my own development and maturity in the office over the last 12 months, <clears throat> as, as one, as I'm talking about myself, as, as I continue to counsel and, and I'll teach and exhort, train, uh, and all of those things in which I'm called to do, a natural outcome or desire of that is to preach. Yeah. Right? In terms of um, a lot of it, in terms of role and function, is individual to individual, maybe a small group. But if, if you're already immersed in uh, that office for those things, again, a natural uh, ends, because you're already doing the means of it, is to preach corporately to God's people, God's truth. And so um, that, that's been sort of the journey up to the end of this year. Um, I don't know. I, I might not get the call back. Uh, all of you might say, you can't preach, so... I'll go I'll, I'll gonna, next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to hold on to that one experience that I was able to preach that one time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, uh, again, it's, it's been a fantastic opportunity to, to sit on this side of the camera. Um, uh, it's, it's for me, uh, with, with where we are as a local church and where we're headed with the plans for the future and as we commit those things to God, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's something that... Um, you know, I, I often don't say much, but um, of recent times, it's it's been a burden to, to share and teach our, our young people and young adults um, the equipping, the discipleship. It, there needs to be an intense focus uh, for local churches. So, yeah, uh, this has been a huge encouragement in terms of the couple Q and A. Thank you, Tom, and thank you, Sam, uh, for putting this uh, together from week to week. God bless you all. Thanks, guys. That will conclude this week's Carpool Q&A. Thanks for Seth and Chris for tagging along. And we'll see you all next week. Tom should be in the car, God willing, maybe. See you all there. Bless you.